Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. Hi guys, welcome back for another episode. Hey, hey friends, we are back again. You know what it is. Let's let's get into our uh, wine of the week. Um, Constance, you chose this wine, so can you name it? Like I don't know, you know my country ass don't know how to talk, so okay. please. Um. <laughs> I gotta look at the bottle. I don't even remember what name this damn shit is. I think it's Palancha. <laughs> it's Palanco? 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 Okay. I know it got me sweating over here. Oh, hey. <laughs> I ain't even drunk none yet. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little hot. Is it okay. Palanco or Palanco? So, I, I think it's Palanca, but I don't know. Um... I know it's an mm-hmm. Italian wine because part of this description is in all is it? Italian. Um, like it says Lugano. Oh, it is. Denomino di origine controllata. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, but I'm assuming it's, um, it originated in Lugano. So is it, is it, Which is the kind of wine Lugano or is it where it came from? I believe it's Palenka. That's a great question. What well, Palenka is a brand because they have this one and two others. Because um, when I will, I'll oh, they got a they got a Rosso. Girl, I picked mm. that one up too, so I I, I haven't tasted that one yet. I was like, oh, they got a different kind. Let me go ahead and pick that up and see what that tastes like. But I haven't tasted <laughs> it yet. Listen, girl, I ain't gonna tell you no story. I when I was doing my little wine haul the other week i really just saw this and i was it was in the white section i was like that looked like it tastes kind of good and if it don't mm-hmm. i'm drinking anyway but it's a nice bottle and i was like you know what let me try this out because you know they don't give like descriptions of what it yeah you know, what it is but i'm not exactly sure but Blanca Lugana, when it when it hits the back of my throat it gives me a familiar taste like, I don't know if it's, it's not a Riesling taste. Maybe it's a Sauvignon Blanc taste. It's, is it that is. what it is? So, like, when I look on the total wine, it says um, that Veneto, Italy, from the highly acclaimed Tomasi family. A bright straw, yellow in color. It displays scents of white flowers along with hints of peaches and underlying citrusy tone. But it says it's a white wine, and it's sort of like a mixture of, a light Chardonnay and a heavy Sauvignon mm. Blanc. Look at Jawanda. Oh, look at this. What is it? Hold up. This is episode 41, and I am becoming a connoisseur. Connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an avid one. You better believe it. You better oh, look it. at there. My palate is becoming defined. <laughs> mm. Quite. 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 Mm hmm. 
Yeah, so yeah. it definitely gives me the, the Chardonnay. You know, I don't even like Chardonnay. Y'all already know how I feel about that. Yeah, but, yeah. So I don't taste any. Yeah, that's where the yeah. light sweet yeah. comes from. Yeah, yeah. Because like, while Chardonnay is quite gross, I don't know if it's like the back end of it, or the, I don't know what it is, but there is a little something in there that's sweet, but something else t- messes I it up. I don't taste nothing. I just taste disgust. Maybe I have to try a different. <laughs> I only tried Chardonnay twice, and. I did. I don't know what brand of Chardonnay we tried that one time, but the other brand was probably like a Sutter Home or something. So that doesn't really count. Okay. So first of all, that that was mistake number one. Why in the hell? Because I was Sutter like twenty three. That was way back in the day. Oh, that was forever. Ago. No, I thought you meant like I would never drink Sutter yeah. Home at this point in my life. No, I think we're past that <laughs> point. Like, I would be disappointed. Like, friend, you needed five dollars to go get you something else. What? <laughs> Sweetie, there are other wines that you could have got, especially if you're going to get a bitch-ass Chardonnay. Like, listen, char- everybody makes Chardonnay. Maybe we Everyone. should try the 19 Crimes Chardonnay with the Martha Stewart one. Mm, she was a bitch. You think but... that would make it? Oh. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I only like it a little bit because, you know, Snoop Dogg. Right. Right, but and we did like his nineteen crimes, so maybe we well, should. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm not saying because it's Martha Stewart. I'm saying because we liked um, Snoop's Cali Red and his Rose. Did we try both? I know I personally. I feel tried like we both. did. We definitely did the Cali Rose. Yeah, but he also has like a Cali Red or something too. Hmm. We should give yeah, it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, so I've had that both of them, and they are pretty good. So I, that's why I was wondering whether we should try their Chardonnay because the other two were good. I wasn't saying it for Martha. I have nothing good or bad to say about Martha, and I she's not on my radar. So no, I'm not <laughs> this Polanka is not on my radar either. I think I just can't tolerate it. It's it says twelve point something on the bottle, but I told Cons earlier it's reading a twenty five percent like liquor volume for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely something you must sip a little. I enjoy it. But I could, do you like ooh, it though? Yes, it's tolerable. I could definitely like okay. get down with this and a good juicy burger. Yes, I'm with the Polanka. Mm-hmm. I like it. A lot, which is why I recommended it because, you know, we thought we were going to drink it and didn't. I, I, the bottle was gone. Bruh. Okay. It. EJ killed this bottle. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I got like a glass out of it the first time and then like he Damn. like killed it afterwards. He's like, oh, this is good. I was like. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I was excited to drink it. He was like, EJ um, enjoyed it. So I'm like, oh, let me get into this. Yeah. I got into it. All right. Half, of a, gla- half of a cup. Look at you, literally yourself. by measure. Right. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, it's straight up sippable. This is a cute mm-hmm. wine. This is cute wine. This is not like oh, I'm a fuck. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I will not be. This wine is not. Bottle of wine is not waiting on me after work <laughs> on Friday because I will be out not like a like light. A light. Bitch. I mean, like a light. Out, like Adam. a light. <laughs> Yes, and the the thing fun. is that day that we were like drinking wine, he gives me the fucking Chianti, and his ass is drinking the. Fuck. Oh, see, he did. That's jacked up. EJ, come on, man. 
He was so happy to know that we was drinking that damn Chianti that night. He was like, okay, no, here. this was like Great. a couple of days after, because I think I had I just came home from work and we was just sitting on the couch talking and drinking wine. And he gets me. He was like, "Oh, you still drinking on yours?" And he done finished. He poured the last bit of vodka in his cup. I was like, "Yeah, I'm sipping this shit because I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> but it'll get you there. It'll right. get you what you need. Yeah. <laughs> but the taste. Oh. Mm. I, I, wish, I wonder if I can make a good sangria. I'm Just gonna stop. Go not with syrup. that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can do it. Just pour it out. I hate to pour it yeah, down. I can't. Drink. I just, I will suffer. But I'm, I'm not, not going to drink it. We'll save it for a friend. Who the fuck going to want that? And what kind of friend would I be to give it to anybody? <laughs> Who would I give this to and call myself a friend? Unless I just know they like dry shit wine. Damn, I should have let my daddy drink because he like dry yeah, stuff wine. See, so you should have. Mm. You missed that opportunity, friend. Missed opportunity. Damn. <laughs> well, speaking of wine reviews, I do want to also tell you guys to definitely review us, okay? Send us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, Audible, um, all of the things, you know? Like oh, you, they have an option to where you can comment and say what you love about us. Do that too. Like we are waiting to hear from you. Also, you can email us too, but we really want to, the review online so we can um, move up the little, you know, ladder in the podcasting world and um, know what you guys think. Yeah. You know, just drop mm-hmm. us a line. Don't be shy. One little sentence. Two little sentences. Okay. Three words. Yes. That's what I was about to say. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I mean. You're the bestest. You know, like stuff like that. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. One fucking word. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Cool. I don't know. Y'all are hilarious. If if I see somebody that gives us a one word review, I will shout you out, okay, in the next episode. <laughs> because bitch, I will put the clapping um thing on <laughs> if if but you shout him out and I'm gonna hit the little <laughs> clap button. You wanna hear Yes, yeah, you wanna hear it. your name and uh, you know, clapping behind it? Cause people love you. We love you. Okay. That's all I gotta say. But we do have a great guest today. We have Jay Halim, and we hope that you enjoy this interview with him. Here we go. Jay Halim went from working for eight dollars an hour at the Hampton Inn to earning six figures as a commercial photographer in just a few years. He was able to accomplish all this while becoming a convicted felon. While working for $8 an hour, he developed his mantra, I won't starve, which was the catalyst for him to leave his job after just one year. Over his career, he's been able to work with international brands like Nike, Save the Children Foundation, NFL, Amtrak, and the WNBA. Since then, he has become pardoned and is now a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and lifestyle coach. Jay Halim uses the I Won't Starve message to encourage and motivate students, entrepreneurs, and career-oriented individuals. His goal is to inspire you to build a platform to ensure that you won't starve. Here's Jay Halim. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Hey. hey I don't know who that good. person is talking you? about. 
I don't know who that person is talking about. <laughs> I was like, dang, we got this person on our show? This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is you, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, I always laugh about that when I listen to it. It is me, but it's just, you know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> if my kids don't act like that. It's just like, <laughs> until they need something. <laughs> you don't know somebody? You can't, you know, make you know connection real fast? <laughs> so, you know, that's how that works. It's okay. I'm, we understand. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, though. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Well, with everything that we just mentioned about you, can you elaborate on your personal mantra of I won't starve and what brought you to create the Motivational Lifestyle Brand? Man, you know, it was rough for me, you know. Um, growing up in North New Jersey, grew up in a family full of, you know, junkies, I would call it at the time, you know, we went through the crack era real bad, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s. My grandmother had eight children, all except for one was strung out on drugs, heavy drugs, any drug you want to name that was in the ghetto, they was on it. My mom was included in that. So um, I'm the first grandchild. And we know the rappers back in the day wasn't glorifying um, using drugs, they was glorifying selling them. So uh, when I had opportunity, that's what I jumped on to because I didn't really see nobody working to make any money because nobody in my family had no real jobs or nothing like that. So, um, you know, I did that during high school. I was a good kid. I wasn't no criminal from like hurting, like, you know, from a standpoint of hurting people or nothing like that. I was just always about getting money. And I was a basketball player, but the streets took over that. You know, I needed money. I liked what that did for me. You know, but I got in trouble in high school. Um, a bunch of times, but my senior year, I became, um, I, you know, I got turned 18. And I got arrested like right after that. And I had, that was my first real brush with possibly going away to prison. And I got a slap on the wrist because I got accepted to college. So, you know what we do, we get slapped on the wrist. We stew it all over again. So I went to South Carolina from Jersey and got in, got in more trouble, you know, and, um, that time they wasn't going to let me, uh, let me off of it. You know, I, I spent my whole college career facing 10 years in prison, trying to figure it out. Um, I had some money, and I was real good at what I did in the street. So I was able to have a good lawyer and everything like that. Plus, I was a great student. I graduated on the dean's list. I just didn't, you know, they wasn't trying to let me off the hook. So I had to graduate with this F on my chest. And so it hit me when I tried to get jobs, and I had the grades. I had everything like that, but I couldn't get a job because I was a felon. And it was tough. So I stumbled into entrepreneurship. I mean, I was always hustling and doing what I was doing. So now I got to take it seriously. And, you know, that was rough trying to figure that out. But it would hit me when I'm 32 years old and I had to come back to South Carolina because the economy was crappy and all that other stuff. I was living in D.C. at the time. And now I'm, I'm a, I became a felon in South Carolina. And now I was like, I got to revisit all that stuff all over again. And I had to take an $8 an hour job before my son was born and car repossessed and about to get put out the house. And I'm like, wow, man, you, you know, you at your bottom at this point. But a year later, I, you know, I was able to go and leave that job because I knew it was more for me. You know, I went to a T.D. Jakes conference and he said, if you ever read his book, Instinct, he always talked about this lion that he brought. A, I went to the conference that he and I was there when he brought the lion on stage. And he said the lion was um, in captivity, well, well, in a zoo the whole time, basically. And um, they're worried about letting him out. Why are we worried about letting him out? He said, because they were worried about his instinct kicking in and he realizing who he is. 
And he said, that's one of y'all in his, oh, in his audience. And I just started crying. Everybody who came with me was like, he's talking about you. They could have said that it was talking about him. They could have felt they was like, no, he's talking about you. Six months later, I already had an office, left my job. And everybody thought I was crazy for doing that because I was trying to, you know, going down that, that path. I just said, look, man, I won't starve. You know, I really meant it in a negative way, like a middle finger to everybody. But, you know, I just it, it turned out being something positive to other people. And it just stuck because I just knew what I can do. And I knew what I would be able to do if I gave myself a shot. And, you know, I never been back since. Mm, that believing in yourself is key. Yeah, definitely. And I, I lost that. You know, I always was confident. I was a confident kid. I was confident doing things I do, but I lost that, man. I went through so much hell because you had these ideas and they're not working. And then you around people. I went to church and church situations was sucky, you know, because you start to see, you know, I, when I go into something, I go into it. So when I went into church, like I said, I was at the TDJ's conference. I'm working at that hotel. I went from cleaning floors as a uh, um, houseman to being front desk. And they see me reading, my, either reading the Bible or, or some type of biblical book. I went in it. So I know my word. I know everything. And I just started, more I read the word, I started, more I started seeing the flaws in the people who were supposed to be representing God. And I was like, you know, because I'm taking it what it is and not like uh, as a fanatic, I just understand how to, you know, take in this information. And I would see the preachers lying and, you know, curbing the, the scripture to make it seem for, for what they're trying to do and mm -hmm. all that other stuff. So I was just really taking, oh, I just saw the worst I was treated the worst by people in the church or people who were supposed to be doing good. And I mean, I lived in the street for years and those people treated you better, you know? So I, it just was very confusing. And so I didn't know what was right or wrong. I didn't know whether, um, my, I, I didn't believe that I had it in me anymore. But at that point I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm not going back. So that's why I was. Let's go to commercial. If you love listening to Unestablished, you can support our podcast by going to the link in our bio and buying a wine. That's right, a wine. Buymeacoffee.com allows listeners like you an easy way to say thanks. Plus, it only takes a minute. Your selflessness will assist in improving software and expanding Unestablished, a podcast made with you in mind. Available every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms. Thank you. No, I was sitting there taking it all in. I'm yeah. Just, like, it's really amazing to me. And I swear, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> just, you know, your life sounds like yeah. a movie to me. Like, legit. It sounds like a whole movie. It's like New Jack City and several other inspiring movies well, that I've watched. Well, y'all looking at it right here. I can't think this, of right is, now. this is my book series. This is the book series that's coming out that I'm doing soon. And it's going to be loosely because I can't really put everything on there about my life because I was just telling somebody when I wrote my first book about that. And literally some of my good friends at the time, um, maybe like six months after I put out my book, caught a case and they're facing fed time right now. And I'm like, these are people who I was in the mix with. I'm telling them, I can't tell everything. Some of my people never left. And I got people still in doing time right now. So they don't need no new charges when they about to come home or on the back end of their bid. So it's just like, you know, I've, I've been wanting to talk about stuff, but I like got to do it loosely. Yeah. We respect that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Now, we know that you have a podcast, Starve Talk Podcast, which is available on Captivate every week. Um, what's mm-hmm. the most incredible perseverance story that you've heard from your guests on your podcast? Oh, man. You know, I just started um, Starve Talk. I was doing In the Studio with Jay Haleen since 2016. Okay. And then once the um, the pandemic hit, because I was people was coming in my studio, and I didn't even never want to cross over to this right here, because <laughs> people would come into my studio for years, and then when this happened, I was like, "Come on, man! You know, I'm old school. <laughs> I wanted to. Everybody was right there, so I've just heard plenty of stories. But um, Starve Talk was brought up because I just had a lot of people lying. You know, we hear you go on social media, and they just tell you the part where they're on the yacht. They're not telling you how mm-hmm. they got there, because so they're not really helping me. You know what I'm saying? And because sometimes you help people by telling your whole story because they might say, you know what? I don't want to do what he or she is doing. They'll figure out something else. But just keep telling people the lottery ticket part of the story and just enough for you to keep making people buy in. I didn't like that. So Starve Talk, the acronym is Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. You know, we wanted to find people to tell the real story, to tell what happened, you know, exactly and so um, I just had some amazing people on there. You know, I've had mothers, you know, who it was working, you know, felons themselves who, you know, had to move to a different state because where they were a felon in, in one state, you know, the other state, somebody gave them a shot. And they got four kids and they was doing that while they doing their business, you know, and trying to figure it out, have to leave. They working overnight, leaving their younger kids at sleep before they go to bed and make just praying that everything going to be all right by the time they get back home, you know what I'm saying? Trying to make, make it happen. And now they're winning, you know, I, I'm fascinated by my sisters cause I don't want no excuses for nobody. Cause I see y'all knocking it out the park, man, with the babies and still going, you know, and I see, I know a young, one young lady, she had five kids. She was trying to go get her trucking license and she does hair and she was able to successfully do all of it. No man, no nothing. And now she's moved from Charleston, South Carolina to Atlanta. And I'm like, yo, you, she ain't make no excuse. She's like, this is what I'm doing. And she did it all. And now she wanted to go to Atlanta. She had a plan. She wanted to drive buses while she get her hair thing going. So she needed to get her trucking license and her CDL. CDL. So she got a CDL. She finally went there, got the job she wanted. Got her kids in school, and she's doing hair and stuff like that. I even connected with some people that I knew. So this has been some amazing stories. My goodness. That's a serious drive right there. I mean, I've had, like, I don't know, I guess mine goes (laughs) up and down. Like, it seems like it'll be weeks and months. I'll be like, no, I got to do this. I got to make this money for this specific thing. I got to lock in. No, I can't go out with you. I can't do this. But, like, I'm sure I could. I'm sure that line is in there somewhere. (laughs) But good but, but so TD Jakes talks there. about that. He says sometimes some lions got to go out of the cage and slam the door shut, never come back. Some got to leave the door cracked. So some got to go out there, peek around, see what's up, then come back and do that for a little while before they do that. So it all depends on who you are. <laughs> right. well, I think we're all the lions that go out, come back in, mm-hmm. go out, come back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to leave that cage right. behind, child. I'm trying. It depends to on what day you talk to us. The lionesses are the hunters. The lionesses are the real hunters. So you know, no, it's in you. It's in you. Speaking of, it's in us. I know that you're a motivational speaker, and 
a lot of our listeners, that our target listeners, are unestablished adults. Like, what do you tell your audience when you're just really trying to motivate them to understand that you have everything you need within you, and there's nothing that anybody can give you? It's you have it. The platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. And what that means is, you know, a lot of times we're looking outside for, you know, for our solutions that's already inside. We all have a toolbox. So when you start thinking about your house, if you have a basement, in the basement, a lot of times you can find your tools there. And your toolbox look different than everybody else's, but you got in there what you need. And so a lot of times we are literally looking out the window, we running out of the house and we're not focusing where we are. So you start building your foundation right there with what you have. And then you're going to see going to the next level and up and up. And then other people will be there to help you go to the levels. But a lot of times we got to stop thinking about getting to a certain platform instead of worry about building the platform that we on. Think about it. People, when they want to jump and go high, they go to the highest point. They don't just jump from the lowest point. So understanding where you are internally, building yourself up. And then as you get stronger and you grow to the highest height that you can possibly go, when you jump and leap, whatever, all the stuff that you already have in you is going to be enough for you to be all right anywhere. I wouldn't be moving to Las Vegas, you know, if I had to get better at something. I, I, I'm sharp now. So they just got to be prepared for me when I get there. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we ain't, we're not we're not confident enough in that mm. because we see what other people are doing. And we think that their thing is our thing. Yeah. No, you got your own thing. The only unique thing about you is you. You know, somebody already did what you're doing. You know, you might have these generational things like a Zuckerberg and those people, but that's generational. It's people that's regular people that's making it happen every day. And we keep trying to find a lottery ticket. I hate that. Like, that's one of the things I like to talk about, the lottery syndrome, especially in our, our community. They, they trick us with that. One person hit the number. And it make five million people play the number every day. <laughs> Only one person hit it. You would, not, you would not invest in something if you knew that only one person made it and five million people didn't. Like, you know, if it was a, a cure and you gave it to one person and one person was cured and the other five million that took it died, you're not going to do that. But we're going to do it every time with our careers, every time with our lives. Like, yo, you have a straight path to the money. You have a straight path to success. You have a straight path, but you got to find their path because they're going to put that one person on blast. This person made the social Mm -hmm. media pop in three months, and you don't want to put it in three years because that's what it really takes. But that one person did it, and that's all you need. And in three months, it didn't happen. Oh, that don't work for me. That's not true. That's just a lottery ticket. You got to build you up first. You have to become what you want to be. You can't get doctor money because you say you want to be a doctor. You got to become a doctor. Mm. That's the only way you're going to do it. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you for motivating us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, honestly. <laughs> do I have to pay you after this? I'm confused. The word right here. <laughs> I mean, I feel as though. No collection. No collection. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. Okay. You just have to make okay. sure I didn't have to take Constance's hat and start putting money in the... You know, I was gonna take it right on off and just pass it around. For everybody to put in their they money. And don't scam. Change is not accepted. We're taking paper. No refunds. No, ma'am. Yes, you mentioned that you have to be willing to ask help. And the first thing I thought of when you said that 
was when you are persevering, you kind of have to let your pride go. Not because, you know, that's not something that we value, but you got to ask for help if you need it. You got to be in a point where you value the future self that you see versus where you are right now and do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, you, you do. And also another thing that we don't like to do is even worse than asking for help is helping other people. There's always somebody doing worse than mm-hmm. you, you know, and you have to do that. My two times of changing my life in this, this last 10 years was serving. All right. So in 2013, when all this stuff happened, when I took the $8 an hour job, I was serving at my church. I literally, um, it was a sister there. She would go every week and get food from Harvest Hope here in South Carolina. Um, but it's more like, if you're not from South Carolina, it's like the Salvation Army or whatever. So they had the food. And so I would see her coming there trying to take all this food by herself. And so I would help her out. And so she said, well, would you mind coming on Wednesdays? I said, sure, no problem. And I would literally go with her on Wednesdays to get food for other people's family, even though I needed it. And it was a blessing that she saw that. And I was humble enough to accept it because she said, do you guys need anything? I'm like, yeah. And so for months, that was my grocery shopping every week. I'm helping other people get their stuff because on Thursday was the day when they gave the food pantry to the people that needed it. But I was getting mine on Wednesday by serving and helping. And so now when we do nonprofit events in South Carolina, Harvest Hope is the people who we give it back to because I was able to have that for my family. So, but that was serving. Then the next time in 2015, South Carolina caught hell in 2015. We had the um, Emanuel 9. Mm-hmm. And then we had the, the flag situation in Columbia when the flag had to come down. And then we had a, a thousand year flood. Mm-hmm. So I was taking photos through all of that. And then... I ended up taking the pictures of the mayor and this was all I'm taking pictures for the church, but the mayor was there and the mayor said, Hey, talk to him about those photos he took of me. And I sent the pictures to his people and they said, yeah, I love them. Are you available for these dates? And these were dates that they had um, people scheduled to come in from different cities, bringing in relief packages. And I'm the only photographer taking these images. I was getting, I got paid and my pictures was plastered over every news outlet around the city because of that situation and those other cities. Because, of course, they was putting it out there that this is what they were doing to help these other places. And so it all happened through serving. I didn't have nothing. My, my lights was out. And, you know, we was affected by the flood. We were worried about good water. So after I got my water for my household. I was out serving and giving out water and taking photos and doing everything for other people. So you got to help. You got to be willing to volunteer. You got to be willing to get out there and serve. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times people get the quote unquote secret sauce to whatever they're trying to accomplish as a goal. And then they try to hold on to it and don't want to share it because I don't know whether they feel like someone will be better than them or what. But a lot of people don't like to share either their success stories or like the bottom and how they had to persevere and climb up to the top or how they got there in the first place. If you got it from the grocery store, why don't you just tell me what grocery store you got it from? Like, what's the problem? (laughs) You know, um, a lot of people go through those changes for different reasons. Again, I had to get to that point where I was okay um, with telling my story. I had a gentleman um, named Tom Ledbetter. He doesn't look like us. He said, you need to tell your story because you know why? In church, every time I told people 
about my story, they shied away from me. They didn't give me opportunity. And other people who were supposed to be prominent black people, they didn't give me the opportunity when I told them about me being a felon. But I told this white fella that, and he was like, I'm behind him a thousand percent. I've seen him cry when I, as he see me ascend to different parts. You know what I'm saying? So it, it took a while, man. People judge and it, and, it's, and it sucks. You know, people judge you. People don't let you, you know, ever get past that. You know, I haven't been in trouble, you know, since I was in college. But, you know, people that stuck that stuck with people, you know what I'm saying? That stuck with people. So for some reason and um, I, I, I got used to keeping my head down, you know, I, when I did through my photography career, all those working with Nike and all those people like that, I never had a background check. But if I had to apply for a job, they had a background check me <laughs> to kingdom come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but because I was my own contractor, nobody asked me about that. I worked with the military. I worked with, again, Amtrak. I worked. Only people background checked me with Save the Children Foundation. It wasn't about no criminal things. It was about kids, you know, because you're working mm. with children. So they wanted to make sure you didn't do anything with children. But, I mean, I worked with some of the biggest law firms in, in the southeast, you know, I worked with the NBA, I worked at Super Bowl, you know, NBA things, all type of stuff. Nobody ever asked me for a background check. Not one time. I've been in military functions, all that stuff, school districts. Um, you know, I've been flown all over the country with, you know, hospitals and all type of corporate situations. Nobody not once asked me for a background check. And I kept my mouth shut. I changed my name. I mean, my name is Jamar Washington. Um, Haleem Washington, Jamar Haleem Washington. I went to Jay Haleem for two reasons. A, my record. And B, because it was a pedophile in South Carolina with my exact name. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I, um, and I was like, nah, I'm good on that. So, yeah. for right. purposes, <laughs> yeah. you know, I changed my name. So, and Jay Halim is LLC, so he's completely separate from Jamar Washington. And I, I had to, you know, when I became a senior, that was cool. So, that kind of separated me from the other guy. But, yeah, you know, you go and look him up. You know, he's a uh, um, you know, pedophile. He's a sex offender. So that was a crazy situation. So I changed my name because of that scenario. I think it's important to note that developing an identity within yourself is big in perseverance. And I guess that goes back to what we said before. You don't realizing who you are or creating the identity that you want going forward, despite your um, mistakes in the past. But you mentioned um, Harvest Hope. Is that correct? And mm-hmm. you are having an upcoming event celebrating five years of um, mentorship, or is it five years of um, just being a motivational speaker? No, it's my I Won't Starve experience. Um, okay. So what happened was we I was doing a lot of work with the government, the local um, and state government here in South Carolina. And, um, you know, if you know anything about government contracting, they're always talking about minority business owners trying to get minority business owners contracts and supply diversity and things of that nature. So I was one of the token people here locally in South Carolina who they would parents around different parts of the state talking about how much money they and opportunities they give to minorities. But, you know, me running a photography and film company. We get to film all of these major events. And I mean, all of the who's who in the state is coming out. But it wasn't people that look like us. And then if you understand what minority mean in government contracting, everybody's a minority. Only person that's not a minority is a heterosexual white male. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is a minority. So if you're a gay white male, you're a minority. If you're a white woman, you're a minority. 
If you're a black woman, you're a minority. You're a double minority because you're black and you're a woman. If you're mm-hmm. Hispanic, whatever. All these people are minorities. And so when you talk to get down to black people as minorities, we're probably getting, they say, oh, we're giving out 15% of the contract. We might be getting 1% one, 1% of the 15% of the contract. And so I took it upon myself to start teaching my people how to do that, how to get, you know, with the government because I got in so good with them, started doing some um, some trainings with them. So I created I Won't Starve LLC, the company. It was no longer just a mantra anymore. And um, we did our first workshop uh, September 24th, 2017. And I partnered with the city of Columbia where I live, um, Midlands Technical College and Wood Forest Bank. But since then, we had got the county, originally county to come in, South Carolina Community Loan Fund, the state of South Carolina. We got other banks involved. We got a whole bunch of other organizations involved to help over about 500, almost 600 businesses to get get um, certified and ready to do business with the state. You know, and we did it in other states, too, in the southeast. So. Yeah, but that's what we was able to do. So that was the first time we did that. And yes, that did kind of catapult my speaking career. I started speaking a year before that, but me being who I am, I didn't want nobody to dictate how I spoke and if I was good enough to get a check. So I created my own event and I brought other speakers out and I headlined the event on my own and I charged. So I wasn't. <laughs> I, I don't do that. I wait. I don't wait on people to tell me if I'm, I'm good enough or not. I knew I was good enough. I knew the information I had was good enough, and so that's how it was. So it's a five-year um, anniversary of that coming up in, sep- in um, September. Yes, congratulations. And it will be in Vegas. Listeners, if you would like to join, he has a um, flyer on his Instagram. So y'all can head over there and um, connect with him on Instagram. Our next question is... Um, What's next for Jahaleem? You are a motivational speaker. You do have the I Won't Starve Academy, which aims to prepare and train African-Americans to achieve success through entrepreneurship. But where where do you see um, your empire going that you basically established at this point? <laughs> you know, um, I'm interested in investing at this point. I, I wrote down um, um, in 2018, and in, in, in the 2018, that in five years I want to be a full-time investor. So by the end of next year, December 31st, I want to be a full-time investor. I've been um, bit by the book bug, so I'm going to be writing until I croak. You know, <laughs> these are my three, three babies right now, because writing for me has become a uninterrupted conversation, mm. and I got a lot to say. So um, nobody interrupts me. I get a chance to get it out. It's been extremely therapeutic in the black community, especially men, but everybody. We don't do enough therapy. And um, especially when I say women, y'all go through what y'all go through. But um, at the same time, us brothers, we can't we, we haven't been allowed to be vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, y'all probably said that y'all are too vulnerable or whatever, stuff like that. We're not allowed to be vulnerable. So. I can't keep talking about how bad I, I, you know, I had it when I was a kid or all these other things. They don't want to hear all that, you know, from a brother. And then they probably say, y'all talk about it too much. But no, we it's never enough. Whatever you got to do to get it out, get it out. And so finding this outlet and writing was everything to me. I, I haven't cried so much in my whole life um, mm-hmm. until I got my books out. Um, and, you know, I, I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say about our community. I got a lot to say, you know, about what's going forward. 
again, my finishing up my story, looking at a miracle. Um, this was made after one of my songs, one of my favorite gospel songs by Lenny Battles, looking at a miracle. Um, because that's me, you know, um, that's who I am. I, I am a miracle, you know, going through the things I went through. I, I supposed to been, I know I was supposed to sit down in jail for years or be gone from here. Cause I have friends of mine who, um, jumped in way later than me did not even a quarter of the things that I've done and, and boom, went right to prison, you know, um, tried to do something I did once that I did 500 times went right to prison. So, you know, I know that it was a calling over my life and it was something for me to do. So I'm not going to cheat that or cheat the people. So um, just telling my story, continuing helping other people tell their stories. You know, my daughter is an author now. She has two books of her own. Mm. And, um, you know, just so putting myself in position to support her and her career as a writer and a motivational speaker as well. She's about to graduate from eighth grade. She's the keynote speaker of her eighth grade graduation. Okay. And, you know, she's spoke to over 600 schools at this point over the last two years. So she's r- rocking out and uh, she's taking it past her dad, but I'm all for that. <laughs> and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm doing the daddy jib thing and, you know, she's my number one investment. But I've, I'm into investing very heavy. I've been really pushing hard on investing. And, and I've done it, man. I've been ripping and running since I was 13 years old. I'm in my 40s now. I want to watch somebody else do it. I want to give somebody else an opportunity. I want to hear some ideas that I can invest in so that, you know, I can help somebody else get to where they need to get to. But I don't feel like I need to take $5,000 and put it into this and then be the one out there working and doing all that. I'm good on that. <laughs> you know? Right. The rat race yeah, is what we like to call it. <laughs> yeah. You know, entrepreneurship is addictive. Um, I know people, I've watched people, people I've coached and people come to me after the fact. They get addicted to doing the stuff, not making the money. And we've been in that space, you know, where people are like really like they're in business and they're hustling and like get rid of that right there and you'll make a bunch of money. You know, I always tell a story about my barber in D.C. He had his own storefront, everything like that. And I didn't understand it years ago. It's about 2006 or seven. I remember watching him and I came to the barbershop on a Saturday and he had, he was cooking on the grill and he had, he's like, you want some food? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's going on? He said, man, we closing up. I said, man, what you mean you closing up? Everything all right? He's like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm going to be in the next town over. I'm going to be cutting over there. Went to him. He started investing in property. He went from driving a pickup, I mean, a little pickup truck to a Mercedes because the headache went away. All he had to do was go in there, cut his hair and leave. He had to worry about people not paying booth rent. He had to worry about paying $5,000 a month for a storefront because this is the D.C. area, so it costs. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to worry about those things, so all he was doing is just making money hand over fist. And we don't get that. You know, I've heard the story about, um, what's the guy named Bob um, Jackson, um, um, Johnson, Robert Johnson, that owned the Charlotte Bobcats back in the day, BET. Mm-hmm. His wife said they didn't make any money. All those times they had BET, they was always in the red until they sold BET. And then now they're kicking behind. So it's not against entrepreneurship. I'm a thousand percent entrepreneur, but you got to know when to pull out. You got to know when to pull out. Everything ain't about just doing this lifestyle. So I had to learn that. So that's what's next for me is just building, you know, my kids up. You know, my son said he wants to be in the car business. So I'm a, <laughs> he's only nine. He'll be nine. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do him a buy a car. We're going to fix it up together. Now, I'm not really getting my hands dirty, but we're going to fix up something. <laughs> And I want to see what 
I want to see what he's going to do about that, you know, and just test him out. But my daughter, she knows what she wants. She wanted, you know, to tell a story. She's she's about bullying. She hates bullying. She she's been bullied, um, and she she stands up for, for other kids. And she wanted to tell that story. So I got behind her. She created her own nonprofit. Um, and then you know when the pandemic happened, I got written, written two two books. She followed my lead and she wrote her first book. Got a great huge response. So she did a second one. She's wrapping up her third one now. Uh, it's called Malaysia's Big Move and Malaysia's Big Creation. And um, and she got the next one coming out, I think, at the end of the year. So, yeah, she, she's doing her thing. So that's that's what's, what we're looking like. And taking over the West Coast. <laughs> taking <laughs> over the minute. West Coast. We're East Coast over here. <laughs> you know, I'm 100% East Coast, but, you know, it's it's new. It's time for new stuff, you know. It's time for a new True that. vibe. I love it out there. Actually, we've been... Um, I've been received very, very well. I got a contract with a company in San Diego. They love what I'm doing. They love what I Won't Starve is about. They love, you know, my coaching style. And I'm helping entrepreneurs, you know, um, that don't look like us. Um, and they're like, wow, man, it's amazing. And, you know, my people, I had to fight. You know, man, we got to get a stop fighting us. If, we, if somebody mm-hmm. step out trying to do it, support they looked on LinkedIn. They found me on LinkedIn. Literally, was like, "Hey, we we would like to talk to you." <laughs> and you know, you you a coach. And look, I'm certified. I got my paperwork. <laughs> you know, I really do this. I'm a trainer. I actually certified to train trainers. I do what I do. I'm not just a side hustler. But <laughs> they saw me and was like, "Look, we need we 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 can work out something with you." And these people go crazy. They're like, "Man, you don't we don't hear people talking like how you talk and." You're so direct and you're helping us out. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what we need to hear. I'm not sugarcoating. I'm not giving you the social media um, stuff. It's hard. It's stressful. Your people are not going to help you. Your spouse not going to know what you're doing. Your mom and them don't care. Every, don't, nobody care until you win. To, yep. Right, and then that's my cousin and them over there. Y'all see her? She. <laughs> it's, 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 like I knew her when she started right. on and, it. And, and, and you I didn't buy it. nothing. You didn't buy a book. You didn't buy. A product. You wanted something for free. And I'm for the free. I am like, because if you babysat my kids while I was trying to make it happen, you ain't never got to pay for nothing. If you let, if you drove me to a spot while I'm trying to make this money, you good. But you sat there on the sideline and watch me. Oh, we got a big problem. I ain't gonna say nothing, but don't come to me. <laughs> Please don't come to me. Cause no, you're gonna be you gotta get in the line like everybody else. And then you still not gonna be able to deal with me. Deal with them. Oh so, right, right. You know. My executive assistant. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta start treating people like that because it's you know, we have to help our people. We have to support our people, but we also gotta be honest with ourselves and be honest with our people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um everybody gotta make their money. But everything don't need to cost anything. We got to mm-hmm. add value where we can. You know, talking to you guys, this is, you know, we continuously sharpen our blades. And it's good to make the connection. Y'all, you know, it's a blessing and a bonus that, you know, you guys are my sorrow. So that makes it even more great. <laughs> At the same time, this is a blessing to meet you guys. And I pray that when you guys decide to have a conference that you think about me, you know, and you want somebody to speak or something or you know somebody. I pray that you guys do that. It's not up to me, but I pray that that's the case. But other than that, it's all good. But I'm getting poured into by meeting you guys, you know, by beautiful sisters. I'm, 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 I'm loving that. 
thank you, thank you. Yes. And same here. Yes. You don't <laughs> you don't know this, but um I remember one day you were doing your motivational message that I think you do pretty much every day. Um, every day. And one of them you said, Don't start something new and I felt so seen. And you were basically saying <laughs> We are so quick to jump from one thing to the next because we're looking for that high, that enthusiasm for starting something new. Oh, I'm starting this LLC. I'm starting this LLC. Or I'm, you know, writing this book. But we fail to actually sit down and put in the work. It's in this book right here. It's in this book. Don't start another thing. That's the name of the chapter. Don't start, don't start another thing. And I was talking to myself. I was talking to myself because, and you know what happens with that? It's because of the, 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 the reaction that you get from it. When you have a new thing, everybody's like, oh, that's great. You're starting a new business. And we want to constantly stay in that space because by the time we get to the middle of the road of that, nobody's asking you how the business is going no more. Or if they right. are asking how that little business you got going on, right? <laughs> right. You know, that type of thing. And, you know, you don't like that feeling. And so you run back to starting all over again because you want that again. You want to keep getting that support. Oh, and like, no, you got to go deeper, not wider. Keep going. It's another, you know, you got to go through that phase with nobody's paying attention. It's like a job. Nobody's thinking about it. It was all good. They want to have a party for you. You got a new job. But two years into the job, nobody think about that. She's at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. But you don't, quit, you don't quit your job because of that. <laughs> you don't try to start a new one. You, you, this is what happens. You, you, well, you in some it. of us do. Some of us do. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that was me. That years, was bro. that was me. You know, um, and and I heard the good brother Lamar Tyler said that um, he was talking about how um, six figure earners don't get the seven figures because once we get the six figures, you start diversifying, mm-hmm. as opposed to digging deeper. You start this, you start that, because once you get the six figures, you pretty much can take care of everything. You good. Mm-hmm. But you can't get the seven figures by yourself. And you can't get the se- seven figures doing the things you got the six figures. You have to start changing some things. You know, and for me, I found myself getting stuck. 2017 was an amazing year for me because that was my first year in photography making seven figures. I mean, six figures, not seven. Speaking, though. And, um, yes. you know, I started, at first I invested. I got a 2,000 square foot office space, moved from the other one. I bought more equipment, doing all that. But then before you know it, I'm into this business and I'm investing in that. I got that going on. I got that going on. And when the pandemic hit, it, it knocked me in my face. It was like, yo, you got all this stuff going on. And so it made me just, you know, bring it back down. And I started seeing why I, why I was doing that because I wasn't getting the, the vibe that I was getting before. I wasn't getting the support that I was getting before when I started something. So most of this stuff is about stuff I experienced. And I'm just trying, I just know I'm not the only one that experienced it. I know there's a lot of people that experienced the same thing that, you know, I did. Absolutely. Sure. I, um, I wanted to ask, since um, our podcast is called Unestablished and it's all about being, it's working towards becoming a quote-unquote established adult in whatever aspect of life, relationships, a career, finances, stuff like that. But I just wanted to know from your point of view, do you think that someone can ever become like fully established in life? Yeah, definitely. I think you just need to be established yourself before you can, you know, be in an established relationship and establish anything. You got to be fully established yourself. And that's just being okay with yourself. 
a lot of time we're not happy with ourselves. We, I mean, we're not like we're not happy with our size of our ears, or, you know, size of our big toe, none of that. Like we finding everything wrong with us. Even and y'all, my sisters, y'all even know a brother could be telling you, "I love your nose, man." Oh yeah, I hear you, but you know, like yo, what, what do we got to do? And same thing with, with you know, sisters probably telling the brother. So you got to be okay with yourself. You got to be okay with yourself. And um, see the beauty within you and the, the gifts that you have, the talents that you have, how you look, all that stuff. Yes, can you upgrade yourself? By all means. But that's just called changing and growing. That's growth. And that's supposed to happen. You're supposed to get in your cocoon from time to time, come back out a better person, you know. But, yeah, you can be established, you know. But if you established, the, the number one thing you need to be is, as an established person, period, is that you have to be okay with who you are. And I think that most people that are unestablished individuals are not happy with who they are. They're still trying to fix on something that's not broken. Like, you're, you're not broken. You're just you. <laughs> and if you're a believer, God don't make no mistakes. I mean, so you're not, you're not broken. You know, like, you're good. You're, you're, you're good. You are who you are. Somebody's sitting there gawking over you right now. Somebody don't have the talent that you have. Somebody can't speak as eloquently as you can speak. You know, I know what my weaknesses are, and I stay away from them. Period. Like, that's not me. <laughs> See, and that's my problem. I be trying to convince myself, oh, I can do all these things. Listen, if you need a chef, get one. I need one. <laughs> I am not the one that's going to be in the kitchen cooking these, you know, five-star survival, fabulous meals. Survival you need to. Survival. But you don't have to cook the five-star meals. So in, my, in my workshop, my, that's my, that's my um, icebreaker. I ask, what's your favorite food and can you cook it? Because this is, the, this is the I won't starve piece because you got to be able to make and get the things that you want on your own. Because the truth of the matter is that's the only way people are going to actually help you. I mean, you can't go to a bank and get no money when you don't got no money. But if you got a bunch of money, it'll get you anything you want. Facts. If you yeah. on the side of the road with your hood up sitting in the car, they can't even see if you're pretty or not. So they're not going to stop to help you. But if you out there tinkering with stuff, they're going to pull over help because you're working. If you're trying to push your car, they'll help you push. If you just sitting there, they'll It's always in the movement. You know, and again, I talk about believers. You ain't, unless you were dead, like Lazarus, everybody that Jesus healed was on the move. Think about it. It was, it was somebody walking in transit for them, or they was in transit themselves. You had to be moving. You, they, nobody wasn't getting healed just sitting there like, you had to be, <laughs> you had to be in the it's, it's crazy. People help people who help themselves. That's, that's, that's all it is. You know, so you got to start making those moves into that direction and then people will help you along the way. You'll find the people that'll help you along the way and um, you just have to do that. But you have to be like, you know what? I can survive. So I was willing to take Harvest Hope, you know, for food. And then that got me to a situation now where I donate to Harvest Hope. You know, we couldn't even fit all that stuff in our truck to take the harvest hope that we took back, you know, but that's what we, that's what's going to happen when you go there and start, you know, where you started at. So that's all it is. But yeah, getting established, we got to be happy with ourselves, man. And I, and I wasn't at a time and I know a lot of people who not, and we still, we're going to always have those times because as you grow and go to higher levels, 
you're unsure of what's what's to come. You have tools in your toolbox and you don't know how to use them for that level. And, you, you know, because you never had to do it before, but you know you have enough. And so you just learn what, what there's needed for and you start doing it and you get comfortable. We wanted to be perfect every time, man. You know, you got to stumble. You got to, you know, you got to stutter a couple of times. You know, you, you got to do it with crappy lighting before you get perfect lighting. You, know, you, you got to do it in the car with the seatbelt thing beeping because you don't want the seatbelt on because it's covering up your logo. Like, keeping it all the way funky. This is how it works. You're uh-huh. like, man, you know what? Let me take my seatbelt off because I got to see my logo. But now while you ride and it beep, 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 you like, I just say, excuse my seatbelt thing. You know, <laughs> once I'm done with this... <laughs> This minute video, I'm putting it right back on. You know what I'm saying? So, it's we got to be okay with that. We. It's funny you say like when you help yourself, your community of people will come around you and support you. We experienced that in our podcast journey. We took a course, and um, our community basically like developed itself. And there's days when we call them and we're just like, listen, I've done all that I can do. Can you help me, please? (laughs) (laughs) And they're there for us. And, you know, that's brought us to um, grow in different areas that we all enjoy individually. Um, Jawanda, she's into video. Constance, she's into networking, which uh, got you here today. (laughs) And then I try to do more content and we're all growing in different areas. But we... um, would not be here if we didn't challenge each other and if we didn't allow ourselves to be in the position that we are today. I'm yeah. just happy to see y'all working together. That's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, my next book that I'm putting out is called We Won't Starve the Power of Collaboration. And that's what we're missing in our community, collaboration. And so when I see this, it's, it's monumental to me. I got, when I get my hair cut, you know, it was two brothers that's working their own barbershop. I'm like, yes, because we do not work together. We stay in competition with each other. We stay judging ourselves off of what you're doing or judging what somebody else is doing. I, I've been in that. You know, I've had friends and, and, and I'm, so, I'm like, look, we can be so much further. If we got if we can do this together. Like, why do I got to do everything by myself? Why are you watching me with this vision? But because you're going to wait till you get a vision just as good as mine. Then you want to jump out. Like, no. I, I mean, I've told my good friends this. They'll, I've had friends tell me, and I love them to death, and I've, I've had them say to me, yeah, man, we're going to do this again. I just got to get myself right. Mm. I'm like, bro, I need you right where you are. Lord. I don't need you to be where I am because I've been in a situation where I was down and I still had talent. I, I got a brother right now cutting hair for um, Tyler Perry Studios. And I, I got back down here. I did music for a while, and I knew he was into music, too. But he was a barber, but he was doing music. I didn't have any money to offer him. I just had talent. And I told him, he let me hear some of his music. I said, man, I can help you fix this up and get it right. That Me helping him with two songs, he got him to Atlanta. We thought it was going to be for the music, but now he's kicking it. He's doing his thing with cutting hair in the films. But he would have never got there if I didn't support him in that space where I was. I could have said, let me wait till I get right and then do this. (laughs) But the brother had put me in situations to shoot people in Atlanta that I never would have been able to shot because I put him in position musically to get to Atlanta. So it wasn't me waiting until I'm up. 
you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have it, but I got my knowledge. He, I knew more than he did about publishing music. I knew more than he did about legitimizing your music, getting on radio, all that other stuff. He didn't know that. Let me help you, bro. But people will hold back to help because they're not there where you are. They won't support because they're not there. Like we have to do better about collaboration as the people if we want to survive and thrive. So I love what you guys are doing. That is, I think some people get confused with collaboration. Like they think it's all monetary and mm -hmm. it's really not like mm -hmm. you just be there. Like legit what they were saying about what Mo was saying about our group of people, like just to see that like on a reel, just to see, you know, did you join our live? I, I don't care what you do. I just want yeah. to see yeah. you. Please just say like, thank you. This is yeah. awesome. Even if you ain't listen. <laughs> I don't care. It's still support to me. And like one plus one equals three, man. Like you don't know what you can yeah. do for me. You have no idea. Yeah. And we all work together well because we recognize each other's strengths and play to them. I love it. I'm praying for y'all because that's that's I want this to be so successful for you guys. And I just love to see these things. And, and that's what not hating looks like, because I'd be perfectly honest. I've never been able to achieve a partnership like I want to. And so whenever I see them, I'm like, salute. When I'm around people with parents of a certain caliber, I salute it because I didn't have that. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm going to soak up all that energy from your parents. You know, I want to soak up all the stuff. No matter, I'm not going to cry about not having it. I'm going to get it from you. You know, so y'all partnerships give me strength, you know what I mean? Because I know that it can actually happen to all the people who saying that sisters can't work together. Let me redirect them to y'all. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. I, I don't think that that's true. You know what I mean? I don't that. know. No, a lot of people say that. A lot. Of, I mean, it's and the truth of the matter is, it's somewhat, it's somewhat true. It's somewhat true on a from a you know numbers. If you look at the numbers, you know if the numbers, but. The fact that it's like the lottery thing, I want to work it in reverse. I want them to see you guys and see you guys be successful so that they can try to be the five million and try to copy what y'all are doing. And then what we do is create a new race because we're 450 um, years behind mm -hmm. in the rat race we're trying to run. And I'm trying to convince people yeah. to stop damn running. Quit <laughs> the game. <laughs> If we all play Monopoly, neither one of y'all gonna sit there and watch me go around the board four hundred times, then jump in the game. No, absolutely not. But we're still trying to jump in the <laughs> same game that we lost five hundred years ago. It's time for a new game, and we actually can play that game. We don't have to play this game. Mm. And so we think that we have to. Remember, so many people have lived and died, and never politics haven't affected them. What was going on in the White House never affected them. None of that stuff. And we can do that. And none of that stuff that they're doing have to affect our households, have to affect what we're doing. We can control that. And that's what my next book is about. You know, it's really focusing on, you know, education, economics, protecting and policing, and using um, collaboration to do it in our own communities. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with no us problem. today, Jay. We appreciate you for joining us. And speaking of support, let our listeners know where they can connect with you on all of your platforms. I am Jay Haleem on all my social media platforms. JayHaleem.com, 
put Jay Halim in your Google, your boy will pop up. I won't starve. <laughs> you put that up there. We actually trademarked the hashtag I won't starve. So that's ours. Um, please, if you're in business, if you're trying to get into business, you know, follow the I Won't Starve Academy page um, or get on there, I Won't Starve Academy.org. So, you know, we got classes coming up this fall. We're going to be teaching people and we're trying to get it so that all the people can learn for free. You know, um, again, my goal is to take from these individuals and give back to my people because uh, like they did years ago, they, they gave free education out. They gave scholarships to teach people how to farm in the Midwest. And it gave, you know, and while we sitting there, like Martin Luther King, pull, Martin Luther King said, pull up by the bootstraps. They, they got help. So we need to mm-hmm. give each other help. So I know it's funding out there and we're, you know, in the process of getting funding before the classes cost. But I'm working on making sure that the people that can come to every class of ours is going to be free, totally free. Um, so I can teach my people how to be business owners. But in the meantime... Okay, you won't starve. This is my training manual. Key principles of entrepreneur development. You know, twenty dollars, you can learn a lot. You know, real business, how we do business. Not, you don't need ten thousand, fifty thousand dollars. Just take that gift, that talent, and we're gonna turn it into some real cold hard cash, so you can solve your problems now, not next month, not six six months from now, not all that. Get right to it. <laughs> we want to get right to it. <laughs> Right. That, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. We don't want to, you know. I, I look. We don't. T- I be. I've been with SBDC, the city, the counties, the state. I've been on, on platforms with these people, and they're telling our people all this crap. And they'll look at me like, "What is he talking about?" Like they want me as a translator. And I'm like, "You don't need all of that. Like, you really don't need all of that. Like, go ahead. If you got a camera, I'm gonna tell you how to get some money tomorrow. If you." Know how to fix cars. We'll tell you how to get some money tomorrow. If you don't have any money, I'm going to show you how to get them to pay you before you do it. I said, okay, well, you know, you're a photographer. Get a, get a, a, um, a loan. Get a deposit. They want $1,000 for the job. Get $500 up front. You don't even have a camera? Okay, fine. Go to um, cameras for rent. Rent a camera offline for half the price. Get your money. Now go shoot the job. Get your money back. Like, stop telling our people all this stuff going around the whole you can get to your check right there. Now you got $500. Now do it again. Do it by four more times. Then you go get your own camera. And you ain't got to go get the other one. Go get one for $600. You know what I'm saying? And then build. You know, build yourself up. I didn't always have eight cameras and $5,000 cameras. My first camera, you know, was $300. <laughs> but I was going to use what I got. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No excuses. No excuses. That's it. That reminds me. I was just um, you can cut it off, Mo. But it just reminded me of um, it was a Lil Wayne. It was like Drake used like a like a Lil Wayne convo at the beginning of one of his songs, and he was like, "You go into the studio, and these people say, I need a right hook. I need the right song. I need the right producer.' He's like, "What is you doing?'" <laughs> he said, "Just go in there." You don't, don't even know what that is. is. You don't even know what that is. Exactly. I mean, and, it, and, and you're raping the music because music is so pure. And you and in hip hop, they're raping it because you feel like you should listen to a song because Kanye West did it. And so the yeah. first three days, you're like, oh, it's hot because it's Kanye West. But then five days later, you're like, ah, it really ain't that hot because your the anticipation yeah. overshadowed your ear. And it's like, sonically, 
Kanye West can go left on you, and you'd be like, I don't even want to hear that <laughs> right now. He's yeah. on something. He's on some <laughs> different. You know? And so we've done that in hip hop, but in other musical genres, it's like if it's good, it's good. If and you don't know until you make it. You don't automatically yeah. know because I got Timbaland in there. Y'all might not mesh. That's why Dr. Dre don't put out music so often because sometimes he might work with you three days and like that didn't work. That didn't work right. for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's being honest. Everything and being an artist, I get it. Some people you're not going to, it's not going to mesh with. But we pimp it out anyway. So like, you know, you have to become an artist. Again, like I said, you got to become what you really want. So become an artist. You become, become an artist by practicing your art. So get in there, make your song. It don't matter who the producer is. If it fits, if it feels good to you, make them hot. I like Cameron for that. Cameron broke so many producers. It didn't make no sense. He said, "Man, why am I going to take this million dollar budget and give up half of it to Timbaland and another half to Kanye?" And other? No, I got people I'm giving ten thousand dollars to that need a shot, but they hot. And I done spent one hundred fifty thousand of the budget, and I got my whole album done. You know, on producers, and I'm giving them a shot, and everybody still bought his music, but now you hear a rap music. Now you hear these people that you never heard before because, but he knew, hey, these are people. You got people who are hot, and that's the same thing. These writers that you never heard before, but they don't got the name, so you don't want to read their book. But they're that they're, they're tight. They got they they you know, their stories is true, you know. So I'm that's what we created our podcast for. Like I want to unfilter all of that garbage. And tell people exactly, you know, what's the real story? How did you get to where you are? What steps did you take? Because if a sister or brother is trying to get there, they need to know the steps. Because my goal is to make sure that you don't go through the hurdles I went through. And that's what you do if you really love people. Your, your children won't go through the same hurdles you went through. So if you're doing your job, your people won't. So I, I, you shouldn't have to go through what I went through. If you're a felon, I'm going to tell you how to get right to it. You ain't got to go through getting turned down from 10, 15 jobs. I'm going to show you how to skip that and go right to, you know, doing that. Not, oh, you got to sh- go through what I went through. Like, I don't know what the fascination is with that. <laughs> <laughs> I work hard. I'm not about to make it easy for you. I mean, learn from the experiences of others, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. I appreciate you, ladies. I ain't going to talk. Like, we can go all night, but not. Nah. Um, <laughs> we have another recording in 50 something minutes yeah in an hour and I do y'all thing and um, I'm sorry I didn't have a drink but my sister did tell me that y'all was going to ask me for some recommendations or something like that that you thought oh do you of, have uh, some recommendations yes like we'll yeah, take yeah. them <laughs> so I, I was going to be disappointed because I know she's going to ask me <laughs> she's going to ask me so what what's y'all what's what's y'all wine? Like y'all white, red, or what what's what's what y'all do? Oh we do it all. <laughs> Either. Whatever. So it, we're down to try. It, in to my in my rides. later days of drinking, I with red, I, I literally fell in love with cupcake actually. Um Ooh. different cupcakes. I like so cupcakes were great. I'm a I, I mostly go with the white. So um are you like sweet wines? So you looking she, at Constance late doesn't really care for him, but oh okay. So I can drink it though. Late harvest um Riesling made by Hogue. H O G U E. Um of course, you know, inexpensive Chateau Saint Michel. Oh, I love that is one. It's a good one. Yeah. Um one of the favorites is um Fetzer Gewurzmina. It's amazing. 
You'll be the first. Just look at the Fetzer, and you'll see the one that you probably can't pronounce the name. It starts with a G. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an amazing white, you know. Um, and, and it's good because if you drink it right when you pop the cork, it won't be as sweet. But the longer you let it breathe, it gets sweeter. So, but it's real good. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I'm into it. Um, I just, I, you know, I've been on my journey. I've been on my health kick for a while. I'm down 20 pounds. Ooh. I'm, you know, trying to, I'm trying to do what I need to do. Pandemic didn't do so well for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Are you doing so, E2M? Um, no, I'm not. I'm just doing J. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just cut out, I cut out, you know, fried foods, no alcohol. Um, you know, I just, I'm just eating right and working out and just doing that. So that's it. I don't have no special scenario. I probably wouldn't keep to it. But the food thing has <laughs> been good for me, you know, and everybody's been driving. I drive my kids crazy. They're like, we don't eat none of your healthy stuff. Dad, you know, that type of thing. But I haven't had fried chicken all year. So oh. um, that's my favorite food. But I'm going to eat some in June. I said, once I'm done with this house, because I won't be in South Carolina anymore. Even I've been in Vegas for the last seven months, back and forth. But it's just, I'm on my favorite chicken spots. I said, I'm going to eat that, the last day. I'm going to lose my mind <laughs> on that chicken. And then I'm going to jump back on my on my train. So... We we see what happens, but yeah, I just been doing a good, trying to do a good job and you know doing right and making sure I'm I'm good to go. Well, we'll be sure to hit you up if we ever make our second trip back to Vegas. Oh yeah, y'all coming, y'all coming, yeah. <laughs> y'all coming, because I'm about to turn I'm about to turn Vegas out. I promise you, they they received me very well. I've been enjoying myself the last seven months I've been there. Um, I miss it already. I've been back in South Carolina for a couple of weeks. I can't wait to get back. Um, they just been, I've been well received, you know, I've been well received. So I, I'm, I'm happy about that. And so I'm trying to open it up to people like us and show them some things. They're welcoming. They're like, Vegas is new now. You know, it's not just the strip, you know, they just the first time they had a football team. Mm-hmm. They got a professional um, WNBA team. They got a professional hockey team, all this stuff in the last five years. So they're not used to this stuff, you know, and the cannabis industry. That's a mm-hmm. bunch of people coming in. So Vegas by itself outside of the gambling and strip is actually starting to be something. And they've never experienced that. So they're like, they're happy for it. And they, they're welcoming all of this new stuff. Well, we wish you all the best to flourish. <laughs> no better place than when you're welcome. Thank you, Saraz. first because i'm gonna tell you about what fucking happened to me today okay (laughs) so it's the weekend it's my weekend i gotta work or whatever so you know i'm I'm back on this little health kick i i fell off for like two months six weeks two months i fell off okay so i'm trying to get back on this horse this wagon whatever it is and okay so i go this morning i'm basically late for work because I was kind of work trying to work on these reels and snooze as long as possible. So I like to get these frozen um, green beans. 
They're by Green Giant, I think. So they have the frozen green beans. You can get them in the pack. They let them be like a dollar and some change. So I put the green beans in the microwave. They're microwavable. I really like to cook them on the stove, but we ain't had time for that. So I put them in the microwave for three minutes. You're supposed to cook them for like seven and a half. So I was like, if I cook them for three minutes here, then that means when I go to work and get ready to go on my lunch break, I can cook them, you know, the other four minutes or whatever. So I cook them. They thawed enough for me to go ahead and put them in my little container, go to work. It's lunchtime. I'm ready to eat, boo. So I go and put, you know, my green beans in the microwave, go to take them out of the microwave. And it's a glassware. So, you know, it's fucking hot. It's been in the microwave for like three, four minutes. So I'll go to grab it by the sides of where like the tops are plastic and they're snapped down. So I go to grab it by the snap down sides of the top to transport it back in my lunch bag so I can go walk, you know, wherever I need to my table. Tell me why. Tell me why. (laughs) The glass container fell to the ground. My green beans spilled out everywhere. And I had no green beans for lunch. Just chicken wings. And I was so upset. I was like, oh no, my green beans. I'm sorry. It's okay. My coworker did the same thing. But I was like, oh no, my green beans. They're they're all over the floor. So I had to sweep my green beans up. Luckily, my um, glassware didn't break. So obviously that's sturdy because it fell on, you know, that hard tile in the offices. It fell on that. But I was just like, all I got is chicken wings. Little six, five, six chicken wings to eat for lunch because my green beans fell. I'm sorry, Fran. I wish you had a, a, a spare can in the car. You could just pop in the mic. <laughs> Sad face. I know. And everybody came in the lunchroom. So I was like, oh, it smells so good in here. What's in here? It smells so good in here. My fucking green beans is in the trash can. <laughs> I'm sorry about this tragedy that failed you today. Is this a sign for me to no longer eat healthy? You tried it. I mean... <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> oh, the seriousness of most space. So, so, mm, no, bitch. Absolutely negative. Not. I don't really have like a wine, but I had a yard sale this weekend. So I felt Ooh. very adult-ish Ooh. because I was like, I'm going to make this coin. Because, you know, we take it yeah. to Goodwill. They going to sell it, do the same thing. So, or, or why not? But I feel like I... I'm a semi-hoarder because I had a lot of shit. (laughs) Like, I didn't realize I had that much stuff to give away until I started, like, really going through everything in every room. And I was like, okay, I have a problem. Like, shoes that I've had for six-plus years probably worn twice. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. What exactly are we doing? And I can't even say, oh, it's a pandemic because the pandemic only meant for the last two years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, I didn't have anywhere to wear these shoes, but that doesn't apply. And I know I'm not the only one. So if your house is cluttered, get your shit together. Go clean up, spend, take one weekend, declutter, and do what you got to do. So that's my encouragement, but I'm my wine 
it's stop holding on to stuff you know you don't need. They ain't serving you no purpose. And then the part that helped me get rid of the stuff was I had like clothes from an area in my life where there were memories attached to that stuff. Um, Let that stuff go, sis. Uh, I have a similar wine, um, except the shit that I kept in this move because I purged quite a bit. But the shit that I kept, it still don't fucking fit. Like, it seemed like it fit when I put it on before I put it in the suitcase and in the, the boxes. But here I am, like, a bitch need more jeans. I need more dresses so I don't have to, like, fit my ass in jeans anymore. Um, I don't appreciate the fluctuating weight. Don't know if it's water. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't really give a good goddamn. I'm sick of it. I have had it with my body. I don't know what I need to do different. And I'm sure there's something that I need to do different that I don't want to do. But, um, yes, purging is fabulous. And I feel great. But I still can't fit none. So, there's that. <laughs> That's our wish clothes. Make sure that. <laughs> right. So, you need to make sure you purge good. But make sure also you you know you go ahead and get ready to replenish bitch because your wardrobe needs an overhaul mm-hmm. when you be doing mm-hmm. shit like that um so yeah we we finna see what's gonna happen with these Shein jeans Ooh. that i'm bought we're gonna see okay. what happens oh lord help us all sweet jesus i've been avoiding buying jeans from anywhere <laughs> online but we gonna we gonna see what's gonna happen because i'm just at my wits end i need something to wear outside god damn it because it's getting hot and um, it's time to go outside to somebody's club or bar. Okay. Listen, outside. especially the clothes that have the deodorant stains underneath the pits. But it be Girl, your favorite shirt. Bitch. Like, oh. Oh, I don't want to let it oh. go. But I know I can't wash this out no more. <gasps> Listen, I know. I'm, I'm with you Facts. there, for real. Those are the things I couldn't get rid of. I was like, but this is such a good shirt. This is my favorite fucking shirt. And I don't. I had such good times <laughs> with this shirt. <laughs> This is my club shirt. This is my sexy club shirt. In that case, shirt. once you get in the club, anybody going to see you. Just let it rise, sis. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's so dark in there. You don't right. notice. <laughs> Two drinks in. They won't even see it. Okay. All right, guys. Yep. Well, that's it for the week. If you have any uh, questions, concerns, comments, you know, hit us up. Unestablishedpodcast at gmail.com. Also, unestablishedpodcast on Insta. Unestablished podcast on Facebook. We got a TikTok. We still working on that, we but we got on one. That. Follow us. And I also noticed that there has been an increase of numbers of um, listeners in like Virginia. I don't know who you are, but welcome. Thank you for coming. Yes. Um, so we welcome you. Um, so you can send an email to unestablishedpodcast at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram, slide in our DMs. We'll be happy to have you there as well. You know, just slide on in like you're going in the first base, Man, second base. Come on in the Don't make me start church clapping. I almost did it. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold it. Okay. Oh, hold it. Hold my go. mule. I'm, I'm about to go Ooh. with you. Oh, child. <laughs> My 48ers. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Ooh, waiting for him to come in the Honda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> coming in a Honda. <laughs> Tragic. All right. If y'all don't have anything else to add, Mo, you can go ahead and take us out. Cheers. 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 <laughs>
I had to hold it because you saw them shoulders. They start shouldering. I was about to Yes, I was ready. Okay. I'm over here talking about Pentecostal. Don't make me shout. Don't make me shout. Pentecostal holiness. Get off my line immediately. On this good old Sunday. Oh, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mo already fanning. So she, you know, she, she yeah, in the funny. church. Okay. And right in that church, you. Egg on this Thank you for joining us this week on Unestablished. Be sure to catch us every week. And don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on all podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, peace and love.